Hi, everybody. Welcome back to yet another cracking edition, or should I say a slightly different edition of the Map Round Show. I'm actually going to tell my own story of fail on this uh, Secrets of Fail series where we've, been, where we've been talking to CEOs and entrepreneurs all about their business blenders. And now I'm going to share, a, 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 you know, wouldn't be fitting, right, if I didn't share my own story. So let's start uh, with the elevator pitch. Uh, about what uh, we're up to now. So the elevator pitch uh, is pretty cool. Um, the company is called uh, Showworks Media. We're in the influence business for CEOs, and we help them scale their influence. Uh, influence is a is a really important uh, quality to have as a CEO. It helps you to attract uh, the best talent, keep that talent. It helps you to open up relationships, uh, commercialize those relationships at speed. Um, and we're building something really, really different um, and we're growing quickly. So that's enough about uh, Showworks Media. If you're interested, it's Showworks with an X, uh, media.com. Um, and so here is the epic story of fail. So basically, it was eight years ago, nine years ago, um, I started a company called uh, Digital Kung Fu. Uh, it was based out in South Africa, and uh, and we were everything to everyone. Woke up one morning, and, and I was like, huh, why are 90% of our clients technology businesses? And so... I was like, well, let's, uh, you know, niche into the technology uh, space. And uh, I was chatting to Christopher Lockhead. Uh, he's like a 10-time Amazon best-selling author. I was on his show and uh, he was on my show and he wrote this book called Play Bigger. And that book uh, and Niche Down and those two books really helped uh, me make decisions. And so we niched down into the technology space and we just built the best operating model and we cleaned up. We just basically blew all everybody out the water um, nothing like it had been seen before. It was very different. And we just basically from from Cape Town all the way through to Cairo and even into the UAE, the United Arab Emirates, we just kept adding vendors. We had relationships with the biggest distributors and we uh, doubled revenues every year for three years. Um, and then, unfortunately, <laughs> when you have all the relationships, where does your business grow? Um, and so we eventually had to look at uh, international markets and things like that, but trying to scale our particular operating model was a very difficult thing to do because it was a uh, digital inbound and outbound telephone. And in the US, as an example, nobody uh, sort of answers their phones. As a result, we diversified into technology platforms. Uh, it is incredibly difficult to transform a services business into a uh, technology business. So we wanted to go the SaaS route. And so there's this idea in business called swallowing the fish. So as you go from a project or fixed project revenues to subscription revenues, your revenues come down, but also your costs go up because you're building technology. And so as a consequence of that, we were 55 people and then COVID hit as we were swallowing the fish. Um, and uh, and those two things together combined with uh, reduced spend by the biggest vendors in the world like Microsoft, Oracle, SAP, Workday, Monday, um, and these sorts of uh, clients that we had, we had to go through a round of uh, or two rounds of retrenchments, which absolutely sucked because in Africa, uh, when you as an entrepreneur, when you employ people, it's a really important thing to to do um, because there's not a lot of uh, employment in South Africa. So unfortunately, those dynamics along with um, with uh, my move to the US uh, about a year ago, um, I basically built a management team. I tried to sell the business. 
and I said, here's the management team, here's the revenues, etc. Um, and unfortunately, the revenues don't look good when you double revenues every year for three years. And in year four, your revenues uh, start to come down uh, somewhat. Um, and so for a year, I tried to sell the business and eventually uh, I had to get on a plane. It was just terrible timing. Uh, so with the green card that I had, I had to literally get on the boat and, you know, or the plane rather, <laughs> the proverbial boat, um, and move to the States. And basically it was, you know, Mr. Management Team or Management Team, here are the keys to the kingdom, don't crash the car. And unfortunately with uh, myself and my wife leaving the business, my wife was in there, she was a group MD, um, uh, they just created too much of a vacuum uh, and the team couldn't manage it. We kept putting cash into the business, and unfortunately, uh, we had to make the tough call to, uh, you know, close that business down. And along with that, put all those uh, employees, you know, out of work, which, um, you know, hurt me a lot. It really did hurt me and my wife significantly, um, and that really, really sucked. So, what did I learn from all of that? Uh, so much. Uh, I really did learn so much. Um, I think the one of the key things I learned was. Uh, <laughs> When and it was funny because you know uh, I think three years uh, into the business when we were just dominating we won Africa's best tech startup award went to London Tech Week we were like the glamour business of you know, digital uh, you know lead gen or pipeline generation um, and I went to my mentor and I said to him listen you know I've got my my opportunity to move to the states what do you think I should do and he told me listen you should sell the business. And I was like, I'm not selling this business. We've been doubling revenues every year for three years. Why on earth would I sell the business? And I wish I'd listened to him then because the story when you exit a business, and I've sold businesses before, but uh, the story when you exit a business, uh, it's you have to time your exit well to get the highest valuation possible because an acquirer is always going to try to pay you the least amount of money. Um, and will be aggressive in their terms so that, you know, they can keep you around or, or like promise you the, the earn out and so forth. And uh, there's too much risk in all of that, especially when you are not in the business or you can't be. And so just so many different factors, uh, you know, prevented the ability of myself to uh, to sell the company in time. I should have started that process earlier and, and spent a lot of time and money trying to sell it too late. Um, I think the the other thing uh, that I learned was that people are everything in a business, and uh, it's 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 really difficult for people to understand that when a business dies, um, that you know it's 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 not you can't do anything about it, right? You, you know, when you decide that your business must die for whatever reason, or whichever a combination of reasons. Um, it's difficult for people to understand that it's no longer, you know, a, a, an income generator for them. And so you take a lot of heat for that. And so I took a lot of shit on social media for that. Um, and unfortunately, like you can try and explain as much as you can, but eventually uh, people just are too emotional about the fact that, you know, you're no longer paying them a salary. Um, and so that, uh, that was a tough one. But I think the greatest uh, lesson that I learned at all overall is that um you know you really have to be thinking constantly about the future um and i really do believe that only the paranoid survive uh if you are building a business and you are thinking that you're the rock star which is exa i fell into my own Kool-Aid trap quite frankly 
and you know africa's best tech startup you know double revenues blah blah you know by the way a business a, a business's money is not yours to spend uh, ever um so uh, i just did a lot of things wrong uh, because I thought I could. And so the universe fixed all of that for me. And unfortunately, the business uh, died. So what would I do differently if I could go back in time? I would absolutely listen to my mentor uh, and sell the business earlier. We probably would have walked away with, you know, at least probably like $3 million in cash. Um, and, you know, for uh, for myself and my family, they would have set us up in the US very well. And unfortunately, that, uh, you know, wasn't um, the reality at the end of the day. We basically, you know, had to rebuild our lives here without that runway. And so uh, that sucked. Um, and so I, I, and also the one thing I probably learned um, and what I would do differently is really come to terms with what type of entrepreneur that you are. So as an example, are you the type of uh, entrepreneur that builds and sells companies or are you the type of entrepreneur that's a one hit wonder? Um, so in other words, do you hold on to that business for 15, 20 years, maybe, maybe more and exit then and, you know, or do you build and sell over a five year period uh, or a three year period or what have you? Um, and then, and then sell. And I think I'm definitely the type of guy who builds and sells. I'm too much of a visionary. I like to start build new things. Um, and in the process of that, of digital Kung Fu failing, it was actually a group. So we had uh, Black Swan and, and uh, Black Swan Technology Holdings, and we had technology products in there. I sold, thankfully, uh, one of the technology platforms to a recruitment company in Australia. Um, and that did sort of, you know, soften the blow somewhat uh, for myself at least. Um, but um, I think certainly if I could go back in time, I would do a lot of things differently, you know. Um, and um, yeah, it's just, it just sucks thinking about it. So what's my advice to other CEOs and entrepreneurs? Um, yeah, I think the advice I would give to other entrepreneurs about failing is that failing is a, you know, it's come up in the show a lot, but uh, failing is a prerequisite to success. Um, but I think one of the things that I think I would uh, encourage other CEOs and entrepreneurs to do is to celebrate your failures as much as your successes. People don't like to talk about their failures. Everything, Everybody wants to be seen as successful, right? I mean, God, look at LinkedIn, for instance, or whatever. Um, and it's just like a circle jerk of success, isn't it? Look at this. We've just won this award. My book's in the top 20 on, on you know, on uh, on this uh, retailer's shelves. And, you know, we've just won this award or I've started this new job or whatever. Um, and I think we need to get over the stigma that failure is bad, you know, or that your self-worth is linked to your ability to win. And I think we sometimes are married to this doctrine and I think social media has contributed a lot to that uh, because is it true that you won't do business with someone that's failed? And I don't think it is. Uh, is it true that you are not worthy of raising $10 million from a venture capital firm if your previous startup has failed? I don't think it is. And Steve Blank said to me, he said, Matthew, you know what? Uh, he's been on my show a couple of times. He wrote uh, Four Steps to the Epiphany and Lean Startup Method and stuff. And so he said to me, um, he said to me, you know, in Silicon Valley, Matt, we have a, a word for a founder who's failed. And do you know what that word is? I was like, what's that word, Steve? <laughs> and he's like, experienced. And that reminded me that 
in in my best-selling book, Your Inner Game, I wrote about this idea called QBE or qualified by experience um, in that you only get to become who you were meant to be through a process of, of experience. No one book, no one MBA, uh, you know, no one business is going to teach you everything that you need to know to really become successful uh, as an entrepreneur and as a CEO. You know, over the last 25 years, I've founded 14 startups, had multiple exits and a lot of failure like Digital Kung Fu. And, um, and I believe that, you know, and this is actually proven through data uh, that uh, one of my friends, uh, Mike Sharman, has told me once, he said, most entrepreneurs actually become wealthy in their 50s. I said, and when I asked him why, he said, they have to go through this journey of failing and learning and growing and becoming because without that, you cannot become successful. It's not possible. Right, you get one-hit wonders. Like my first business, I was 26 years old and it was a record label. I wrote about it in my book, and I sold that business. And I thought I could walk on water. 26-year-old guy who sold a business, yeah. What does he really know about life? Uh, and when you and he thinks that you know he can walk on water, and that's exactly who I was. Um, and then you know my next two businesses failed because I had to go through that process and I wouldn't be who I am now. I wouldn't be able to have the perspective that I have now if I hadn't had those moments or those teaching moments, those moments of failing and failure. Um, and we just don't celebrate that enough. We just don't. Um, and that's why I did this series, uh, The Secrets of Fail, because why aren't we talking about this? Why aren't we you know, breaking down the stigma that failure sucks or that failure, sorry, failure does suck, but why is it bad? Is failure bad? Is it a bad thing? Is it, a, it's like, oh, you fail, like go away. And like, no, it should be a celebrated. Listen, people need support. Um, and in the context of building a business, failure is, is literally like nine-tenths of the law. I know and I've learned that in the process of failing, business is binary. So you either fail and the thing dies or you you hang on to it and you exit it or you have some kind of liquidity event so your job as a founder is just to keep it alive your job as a ceo is just to not even if you're at scale if you're doing 50 million a year shit happens right covid decimated lots of 50 million dollar a year businesses you know um and so balance sheets matter so my point is, qualified by experience, these lessons, these stories are here to inspire us and to let us know, I hope, that we are not alone because entrepreneurship is lonely, it's hard, and it's not for everybody. It, anyone can do it, but it's not for everyone. My wife won't do it whatsoever. She's like, I've <laughs> been in your world, I can't do it, I don't want to do it, and that's okay. But for those of us who choose this path, those for us who choose this to suffer every day, those of us that choose to be in the trenches every day taking grenades, for those people, that's what the Secrets of Fail series and the Matt Brown show is for. That's why I do this show. That's why I spend, you know, hundreds of hours a year, thousands, probably over, like I don't even know, it's, I should actually do the math on that, be an interesting calculation. But let's just say for our purpose, thousands of hours. Because it matters. This one conversation every single day 
if I can reach someone, just one person a, a day who's maybe in a startup and who's listening to a story of failure and goes, you know what, it's actually okay because these people survived those moments of, of, of trial, those moments of error, those moments of failure, and they became who they became because of it. Um, and so I hope that with the book that comes out this year that you guys will get behind it um, and that together as a community of CEOs and entrepreneurs and, and of investors uh, that, uh, you know, we will make a difference together. Um, books that I recommend are all the books that everyone's recommended. There's so many in the series. Um, and, uh, yeah, I really do uh, hope that, uh, you know, you guys are inspired by these stories of failure and ultimately you become who you all aspire to be. So my name is Matt Brown signing out and I will see you all again soon. Thanks so much. Ciao.